0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly edition of us talking about movies, TV, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is
1: Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us another week on the Media Boat Podcast. Today is november the 28th 2023 it's almost december folks and this is episode 411 where we give you the 411 on all of the things that we just said
0: hey you took my line <laughs> yeah you didn't say it i had to my <laughs> job.
1: so yeah we got a lot of stuff to talk. Stuff to, t- 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 yeah, stuff to talk about today if i can talk uh so yes. let's get into it
0: yes we do and let's get right into the music section Start the music section with the billboard, and we start the billboard with the Hot 100. And the hottest little song in the land is Lovin' on Me. And I don't know what I'm doing with my hands here, but you can't you see it because it's audio. Uh, loving on <laughs> Me by <laughs> Jack Harlow.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have not heard this, and nor do I want
0: to. I have heard of Jack Harlow. Well, yes. He is the Basketball guy? Basketball guy? From White Men Can't Jump, Back Jack Harlow. Oh, the
1: re- the remake. I forgot about the remake.
0: It's funny because that was this year. What a
1: long year. We'll get to. T- we'll talk about. We'll talk about and a long year in a bit here at the end of the show. But before that,
0: yes, uh, if you want to stick around to the end of the show, which you should do anyways, should we do will that. be breaking down um, our holiday plans. But if you still have plans to listen to Cruel Summer. Guess what? You're not alone, because it's number two, Taylor Swift, Cruel Summer. Uh, At three, Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. Uh, And then at number five is Snooze by SZA. You missed one. I did not miss one. I am not going to acknowledge number four until it is (laughs) December.
1: I'm sorry to break it to you, but we have to say all five. Of the Hop 100, whether we agree with their placement or not.
0: Okay, at number we call four, call that the Morgan Wallen rule. <laughs> the Morgan Wall, yeah, at least with Morgan Wall, I go. That's hey, so Morgan Wall. We have to acknowledge him. Hey, you but here, like, like once that. we get into Christmas, <laughs> once we get into December, although now I'm going against my own like house rule yeah. of I don't acknowledge any Christmas themes until after Santa comes down uh, Fifth Avenue. Oh, he's been here.
1: That was over, that was almost a week ago. You can say the name of this song.
0: Okay. At number four, get ready, you're going to hear it a lot over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is you, baby, by Mariah Carey.
1: It's here, and, and it's not going anywhere for the entire month of December.
0: It's also, note, this is just the Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey version, not the Mariah Carey and Justin Bieber version, which is out there. No,
1: we, we forget that that happened. That, that doesn't exist on our timeline.
0: <laughs> it exists in the ether. It exists out there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you want to um, project yourself into that chaos, it is available. Not,
1: <laughs> I do not recommend this. Uh, the Media Boat Podcast is not responsible for any uh, headaches or brain aneurysms that uh, come from this experiment.
0: I mean, you could put it on a, a holiday place and watch people freak out going, what the hell is this? <laughs> who's are ruining voice? it! <laughs> anyway. What's and on the Billboard 200? As for your album Pray chart, your Billboard 200, at number one for All the Dogs by Drake. Them. Coming in at two, 1989, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift. Uh, coming in at three, Rockstar By the Dallas Cowboy aging cheerleader, (laughs) Dolly Parton. (laughs) Uh, Age of Wonder, Dolly Parton, I guess, after that halftime show. (laughs) Something like that. Uh, At four, Orange Blood by N. Hypen. If your blood is orange, you should get that checked out. Uh, Unless you're uh, Kel Mitchell working at Good Burger. Because sure. you love orange soda. So, soda's not blood. If you drink it enough. And at number five, <laughs> One Thing at a Time by yeah. Morgan Wallen. There you go. You did it. If you didn't like any of those albums, we have a new release. Yes, new release. Let me change this. There we go. Yes, it's singular uh, because there's just one release this week. Yes. I-O! Oh, sorry. On, off. I'm (laughs) sorry. Yes, no. Uh, Binary, one, zero. I think it's I slash O. I think it's I-O. Yes. Uh, By Peter Gabriel. Yes. Yes. That Peter Gabriel. Uh, If you've been waiting a long-ass
1: time for another Peter Gabriel album, well, here you go. Here it is. Here's his first album in, I want to say, over a decade. I'm not sure if I can confirm that. But it's been a very long time.
0: So there you go.
1: A long, the long awaited I.O.
0: All right. Let's get into some music. <laughs> You're Maybe. like, I have
1: nothing to say about Peter Gabriel. No. <laughs> oh, that Sledgehammer video is pretty cool. It's all like the clay, and it's like,
0: never mind. Nothing to say about Peter Gabriel. <laughs> just that his name is like two angels pushed together. So <laughs> it is just the season. <laughs> You're not wrong. All right. All right, let's get into some music news. Music
1: news. All
0: right, and we're talking about BMI. And body
1: mass
0: no, index. It's not your body mass index. It's Damn not. It. Okay. Get out of my head. Stop not do about my jokes. Uh, we're going to start with BMI's transition to a for-profit model um, as it takes the next logical steps forward on Tuesday. As a new Mountain Capital led shareholder group announced a majority growth investment in the organization. Along with ASCAP, uh, which remains nonprofit, BMI is one of the two largest performing rights organizations in the US. The deal is expected to close by the end of the first quarter in 2024. Uh, BMI's president and CEO Mike O'Neill will continue to lead the company along with the leadership team following the closing, according to the announcement. New Mountain, or New Mountain Capital, will acquire the company from the shareholders who currently own it. Those shareholders must approve the sale.
1: Uh, so, as the story mentions, this is not the first big change BMI made. Uh, the first one was that they decided to become a for-profit company. As you know, ASCAP, its biggest competitor, uh, is not for-profit. Um, so, what this basically, this story just does is, like, it's natural that a for-profit company would get bought. Because there, there's reasons why you would want a bigger fish to buy it, more capital coming in, more money flowing more things you can do with said money. But here's where the potential issue is, is that music rights publishing should not be a for-profit business. Let's be real. There's a reason why ASCAP operates the way it did and the reason why BMI, BMI operated the way it did before this. So naturally, songwriters are terrified by this because if you have your catalog under BMI licensing, BMI now seems like a riskier investment, because they're now going to take more risks with their money, and that means with your songs. So I see a lot of artists on Twitter and other social media saying, hey, if you're on BMI, maybe move your shit to ASCAP, because this this has now become an unpredictable gambit. Because who knows? We've seen what venture capital does in every single other situation. It never leads to good things.
0: I mean, the only reason it doesn't lead to good things is because they're trying to make a profit yes. off something that was already non not for profit. <laughs> it's not
1: It's mixed. like someone
0: it's trying mixed. to invest money into this podcast. We are currently <laughs> not for profit. No, we're not. We didn't make a cent off. i oh, sorry, day. no, we're sorry, we're not, not for profit. We're no profit. We're no profit. Yeah. We're not even a, yeah, we're not There's a, a different CEO,
1: unfortunately.
0: But anytime um, anytime a venture capitalist comes in and injects money. They expect a return, especially within a year to three years.
1: Yeah, it's not going to look good.
0: If it even goes to five years, that's when they start looking to sell. To sell it again, and then sell it again. Part of a five to seven year plan. I've been through several of these with companies. Mm -hmm. So,
1: does not look good. It's not a good thing that this is happening. The only people this benefits are the shareholders who get to reap the benefits of this sale. That's literally all it is.
0: Right. They get to reap the benefits of the songwriters' work that they put in because they put the money in and the money apparently costs more or means more than the actual work that goes into writing a song.
1: So anyways, yeah, I wanted to talk about this because this actually hit right before we recorded last week. This is technically a last week story, but I wanted to sneak it in so we could talk about it Uh, because, yeah, it sucks. And yeah, uh, move your shit to ASCAP is, I guess... Ass cap is more than just the hat that I wear on my butt.
0: So since it's been out for a week, any other like additional news has come from this?
1: Just like ski sloped right past that joke. You're just like, Shh, right past
0: it. Oh no, I let it sit for a beat and then I moved on. Give me one beat. All right, let's move on. Uh, well, i give you two beeps. Uh,
1: you don't have any. You don't have it already. You don't have a soundboard.
0: You no, I do not a have sound board. Board a soundboard
1: yet. Hey,
0: if you would like to donate to the <laughs> Media Boat podcast, we can have a soundboard.
1: Christmas is coming up.
0: No, it is. We'd,
1: we'd abuse that. You know that. All right, hey, yes. let's move on to our second story.
0: Uh, yes, our second story has to deal with the mysterious Hall and Oats. Aren't
1: they mysterious?
0: Well, I'm sorry, there's a mystery. <laughs> well, there
1: was a mystery, but it's been solved.
0: Okay, so the mystery of why Daryl Hall obtained a restraining order against John Oates of Hall Notes Oates has been solved, at least in part. Now that part of the case has been unsealed by a Tennessee judge who previously ordered all details to be kept under wraps. It's now been revealed that Hall is attempting to block his longtime musical partner, Oates, from selling his share in their joint venture of primary wave music on friday afternoon the associated press was the first to report the actual reasoning for the restraining order after a ju- after the judge quietly unsealed some but not nearly all of the case two days earlier on thanksgiving eve in an a, Blatant attempt to try to bury it, <laughs> say, bury it over yes. the long holiday weekend. Yes, according to the AP report, what it is that Hall can't go for <laughs> is Oates's. No can is do. Is Oates's desire to sell his share of the duo's whole Oates enterprises What's the name of it to the to the investment firm? which already purchased a significant stake in their catalog rights 16 years ago. Hall has indicated that he regrets not owning all his publishing.
1: So I had seen the headline that one, that uh, Daryl Hall obtains a restraining order against John Oates, and everybody was like, wait, why? What happened? What kind <laughs> of fallout happened between them? It just so happens that the cause of the drama is a media boat favorite, the selling of music license, Uh, music publishing. It just happens to fit right in our wheelhouse. So yes, unfortunately, our two dads are fighting and they're fighting over the fact that Oates wanted to sell the publishing and Paul wants to own all of it, which makes sense, right? You have this, like, you see these these parallel conversations happening in music right now. You have artists that want to completely own their publishing and control that in-house. And you have other artists that are like, no, let it, somebody else do it. I'm just going to take the paycheck now. And yeah, it's like, it's been fascinating to watch kind of where both camps develop.
0: It's also fascinating to watch um, who makes these kind of moves. Uh, if they have family or legacy or an estate or right. if they don't. If they just want the paycheck now to enjoy the money now, or yeah. if they want to hold on to it, and uh, who was it, like Justin Timberlake, who sold his catalog, but then again, he's married to Jessica Alba, so how is that working out? <laughs> what if they're getting divorced yet?
1: Jessica Biel. Wrong Jessica.
0: Oh, sorry. She's going to be Jessica divorced soon after the Britney Spears stuff, so. Damn. Damn. <laughs> anyway. No, sorry. After uh, Trolls Band Together failed at the <laughs> box office. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I don't know. I hope they make up. I hope they figure this out, but um, if this is the last we hear of Hall and Oates, and it, they just completely become separate people, then maybe it was meant to be at some point. It was always bound to happen.
0: And this is when Garfunkel and Oates rises to the top. <laughs> Wait, no, those are two other people. That's <laughs> <laughs> Un-
1: completely unrelated, despite the similar <laughs> name. All right, let's move on.
0: All right. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, Media Boat Favorite, selling of, uh, your entire music catalog. Yes. Or trying to prevent the sale of your entire we'll music catalog. We'll see what
1: happens with theirs. Uh, no moves have been made, I guess, so far. So we'll see.
0: We shall see. Uh, did you listen to anything?
1: I was extremely close to trying to figure out what that mess of an album that rock star Dolly Parton thing was. I didn't quite have the gumption to do it. I couldn't do it. So I was just like, eh, it's fine.
0: It's you know. okay. If you're going to listen to a Dolly Parton album, listen to a Run Rose Run right, from I know. last year. You loved that thing. I did love that thing.
1: But yeah, Mostly I was just doing some catch-up. Not catch-up, I guess. Like, reassessment to try to nail down a top five for the wrap-up stuff.
0: Well, yes, but uh, for those of you out there, as December rolls around, or we'll probably talk about this next week, all of the Unwrap Your Music shit is oh, going to yeah. hit.
1: It already started. Apple Music's uh, launched today. I already did it. And I feel like, again, just like I said last year, I feel like it misses a lot because it's not accurate. Besides the fact that, yes, I do know that Taylor Swift was my most listened to album uh, artist. It all She always is. But everything else, I was like, nah, this is definitely wrong.
0: See, I felt that too, especially when my number one album, uh, was broad album. Was this artist? <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, wait, we did that Taylor training, So yes, that would make sense.
1: That actually yeah, might be part of it for sure.
0: Yeah. It was she was
1: five times more listened to than my next artist. It was like 298 for number 2 and then a th- like like yeah, just like ridiculous like some ridiculous 1000 plus. Like it was it was crazy.
0: Wow, I, I feel pitiful saying my number because they were in the double digits.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. You know how many minutes total I had? Nineteen thousand in change. <laughs> Christy only had six thousand to compare. Uh... hey, that's okay though. I felt inadequate when I saw somebody post that they had fifty-two thousand minutes <laughs> for the year. And I was like, What? Although I want to note that they're a music writer, so that makes a little bit more sense for them than it does for me. But hey, what are you gonna say? But...
0: So that means that ten percent of their entire year yes.
1: was listening
0: to some spent sort of listening music. to music. Yes. I exactly. guess as a music writer, yeah. that would make sense. But then that again, would
1: make sense if it's your job,
0: yeah. But then again, if you're supposed to be like asleep for half that time, <laughs> or even a, th- a third of that time, a third of that time you're supposed to be asleep because they had eight hours of sleep out of the twenty-four. So, huh? Oh, no. Math. Math.
1: Not even once. Let's move
0: on. Yes, move where other people can do math and video games.
1: Yeah, people and do math you start... so we can have fun. That's what yes. video games
0: are. and we're going to start with new releases, including an old release of <laughs> Batman: <laughs> Call an Arkham Trilogy for the let's see, PS5, Xbox One, PC, PS4, uh, the Switch. Yes, the Switch. Finally. Finally, I think the last one it's coming to. Yeah, I don't imagine these games are
1: coming back until they remaster them inevitably in the next few years.
0: Yes. Uh, also coming to the Switch, Dragon Quest Monsters, colon, The Dark Prince. Oh. And it has to be the mysterious way said. Sure. Uh, we also have SteamWorld Build for everything. You got it. You can play it. Um, also, Turok 3, colon, Shadow of Oblivion for everything. You got it. You can play it. Uh We got a couple of PC releases, including Last Train Home and Blood West. Uh And then, oh, speaking of remasters, Hitman, colon, Blood Money, Reprisal for the Switch. Yes. I love it with a surprisal. <laughs> reprisal. Reprisal. All right. And then we have some heavy hitters here, including Born of Bread for the PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, and the Switch. Is that a heavy hitter?
1: Is there something about this you know that I don't?
0: Yes. Are, have you not been born of bread yet?
1: No, I've not been born of bread. Oh, of you're bridge. about to
0: be born of bread. I am? Yes. Because it's coming this week. Okay. Uh, we also have Disney, Dreamlight Valley. Yes. The 1.0 release. Version. Well, yes, it's
1: the 1.0 release. It's out of early access, is what they're saying. Uh, yeah i don't know this uh, is also uh a week before and next week it will come out on mobile in case you're wondering finally including that apple arcade version which is probably where i will take a look at it because you don't have to spend money on it
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh that's coming up for everything um yeah apple arcade gets it for free uh i think this is also going to be on xbox uh, game pass right
1: actually i'm not sure if that's part of this deal it was already on game pass for the early um, right because that's early where early i access. played
0: it that's where
1: i played it as well um but yeah i don't know i actually do not know if it's remaining on the service for this um and also i won't be able to tell you because i just canceled my game pass Yay! let's try to save some money so yeah i won't be able to tell you what's on game pass for a while all right
0: and then lastly fallout 76 colon atlantic City the PC and Xbox Series X.
1: Nice.
0: Go take me down to the Atlantic City where the, the <laughs> nuka's cold and the girls are weird. Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it could be pretty, but you know, it's Atlantic City. Sure, I, I've I, never
1: been. I'm not gonna judge.
0: Uh, we need someone from New Jersey to tell us how about this.
1: Where's Adam? What's Adam doing? Where's Adam doing? I mean, what's, he, what's he doing?
0: Anyways. Uh, Actually, he's in Florida. He's in Florida right now? Why? (laughs) That's where his parents are. They got out of New Jersey, went to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't they all? (laughs) Don't they always? All All right. Uh, Let's move on then to Sony News. Sony news. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment and NCSoft have signed a strategic global business partnership. Their CEOs currently, uh, Jim Ryan... For and, the, for for now, yes.
1: <laughs> on his way out, Jim Ryan
0: <laughs> and Takejin Kim, respectively, met to put pen to paper on the deal, which will see them quote collaborate in various global business fields, including mobile. Mobile. Oh, wow. Uh. And quote Tuesday's announcement comes a year after it was reported that Sony and NCSoft had struck a deal to create a Horizon MMORPG.
1: We reported on that a year ago.
0: Yes. It was claimed at the time that the project would be developed by the South Korean company behind the Lineage and Guild Wars Wars MMO series and target the global market as part of Sony's push into live service games. Quote, Partnering with NCSoft, NCSoft advances our strategy to expand beyond console and broaden PlayStation's reach to a wider audience. Like SIE, NCSoft shares a similar vision in creating high-quality, impactful entertainment experiences for players everywhere. And together, we're excited to collaborate to push the boundaries of gaming further. Said current SIE boss, Jim Ryan. So uh,
1: my read of this is that they were already doing business with NCSoft in some capacity. Mm-hmm. NCSoft is a company that not only has live service game knowledge, but mobile knowledge, an area that Sony isn't super strong in. So this is kind of similar to what Microsoft is going to do with King in their like, mobile experience. I yep. think this is Sony's kind of pathway to have a dedicated mobile developer on their on their squad. I think this makes sense. Also, it puts them in different markets. Uh, in the last few years, I think SIE has gotten very European focused. And so this gets them more tendrils back in the East uh, like they used to back when they were more mostly a Japanese company. This puts them in South Korea a little stronger than they were. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons to make a partnership like this. I think this is this makes a lot of sense. And as kind of a parting last thing, major thing for Jim Ryan to be part of, it makes sense because he was the guy who spearheaded that live service game initiative in the first place.
0: And taking the MMORPG concept for PlayStation Studios, uh, clearly they're working on a Horizon version Then they have working contact with Guerrilla Games, who currently former head of guerrilla games became the current head of the playstation division yeah so that would assume an established working relationship especially if they have to share assets and or story ideas across four horizon the horizon series right if you see if that horizon moorpg does it come out does it come out on mobile
1: I mean, I could see that as like a PC, mobile, PS5 thing, like I could see them doing yeah. it all on 3. I mean, why not?
0: I mean, I think that this also, like you said, follows that Microsoft deal where yeah. uh, where they bought Activision Blizzard. Thing that we have to keep saying because yes. it's the billion dollar industry that Microsoft's not in, and this is you're right. I think this is definitely indeed Sony's way of getting into that. We'll see. Hopefully they make a better PlayStation app.
1: <laughs>
0: Fingers crossed. Thing is but... slow and buggy, and I am telling you now, Sony, please fix it.
1: <laughs> please, please.
0: please. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's get into our second mu- music music uh, video <laughs> game story. And hey, it's award season. Yes. Well, wow, we are technically two weeks away. Wait, no. One week no, away.
1: One week. It is Thursday, next week. Th- next Thursday.
0: Well, yes, yeah, so we'll have a podcast before then. We will. But, but. we have some Game Award previews. As yeah. Microsoft is indeed teasing plans for some major Xbox announcements. Announce announcements. Announcements you know I mean? at December's the Game Awards. In promotional materials distributed this week, the company said important announcements are planned for the event, along with other exciting Xbox news. It wrote, quote, celebrate the best games of the year and the big winners live at the Game Awards on 7 December at 19.30 Eastern. (laughs) Fourth, uh, I don't think that's right. That's seven thirty Eastern, four thirty Pacific, uh, along with important announcements and other Xbox news that you don't want to miss. Uh, it's worth uh, close quote. It's where that you have both the military time and then the four thirty Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, I didn't write it.
1: I just <laughs> copied and pasted it. It was Microsoft. Um, so yeah, no, I realize that we all have a show on Tuesday before this, but. I thought it was a slow news week, really, so I had to include something. But also, this is the first we're hearing that Microsoft is going to to potentially have a big announcement. So what do we think that it it is?
0: So their last big announcement was Starfield. Mm -hmm. I say they announced Starfield 2. No. (laughs) Okay, Starfield Starfield DLC. Expansion to Starfield. starfield ear.
1: So... My prediction, actually, is more... Darkfield
0: Christmas special.
1: No. (laughs) That's funny, though. (laughs) No, I think it's hardware. Because think about it. Sony just put out a slim version of the PS5. And they also put out a version of their console with optional disk drive. Did That detachable, attachable disk drive thing. I think Microsoft was already going to do something like this. And this is where they dropped that. I think it's hardware. I think it is, here's a new version of the Xbox Series X, not the S. The S will remain probably the same SKU that already exists. I think they reintroduced uh, a a version of the Xbox Series X that doesn't have the disk drive in a similar way, is slightly smaller, digital only, and some sort of USB peripherals if you still want to buy a detached disk drive. I think that's what they do. It's not called the Slim. It's just called the Series X and you just have and and, and that's it'll go on sale in January.
0: So they're going to confuse their customers even more by calling <laughs> them both the Series X but one with a disk drive and one without a disk drive.
1: I think that's just the way that these consoles are going to be made going forward. I think they got burned both Sony and Microsoft when they decided to make one with and without because Everybody bought the disc one, and the digital ones kind of just stayed around. The model is going discless, I think, going forward. I think it's just, yeah, there's no reason for them to keep paying for, like, the Blu-ray rights. Which they do have to every time they make a box with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that moving forward, they're just going to go all digital. And that's, they're just slowly pushes that direction. I know. Yet I like it, my 4K ultra it, ultra HD player.
0: I I, I like have it that pushes it towards the discless society that, X, that uh, Xbox Best Buy and Walmart are going towards, and just yeah, you can't buy discs anywhere. Yeah, starting next year. I know. But, yeah,
1: but or it could be a game. It could be a game. I don't know. Maybe Perfect Dark. Maybe we see the first gameplay of that but I have a feeling my gut says console. My gut says revision of the Xbox Series X because I think they have to answer Sony.
0: Well, if they have to answer Sony, Sony also came out with the PlayStation Portal. Yeah. Do they make a mobile version? No, because
1: Xbox Live Anywhere works already on mobile and on everything. And they also have an agreement. They have a uh, partnership with... um, uh, b- 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 what's the other one that's not the steam deck the 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 raw yeah or, yeah they have, they have an agreement with Nvidia too for the um the uh what do you what do they call it the GeForce now so yeah. um, I really don't think that it's in their best interest to do a portal like device. We'll I mean see.
0: we'll see we have 10 days a week. I keep looking at November 7th. I know that's wrong. Less less than a week.
1: Less than a week. Or a little, it's or a little over a week. A little, a little over, over a,
0: week. a week. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be a week. Or if it's in the future, it'll be available right now. <laughs> Save that.
1: Save Go that ahead. energy for later.
0: Yes, that goes uh, later. Yeah, I mean we'll see. Uh, but uh as I'm warming hour, up, I'm warming up the, the cadence for it.
1: Yeah, and then next week we can talk about more kind of broadly what kind of announcements we expect from the game awards.
0: Yeah, especially uh, when we should be seeing like previews, like, hey, here's a little teaser. Be sure or to tune leaks. in on the seventh. Yeah, or potentially leaks.
1: leaks. Yeah, uh, which
0: leaks, could happen. The leaks, point. the leaks, the leaks. All yeah. right. Did you play anything?
1: Uh, just more fashion dreamer. It's my daily game now. I pop in there, make an outfit of the day, an udda, if you will, and um, dress some people, and then I call it. Like, you know, I, I basically spend like an hour. In it every day, just doing some outfits, and it's great. I love that
0: game. Um, if you're following us on media, Boat on twitch.tv backslash media boat, you notice that I went uh, live this past Sunday as I cleaned up and platinum Spider Man 2. So that's officially checkmarked off my list. Time to jump in and do the ultimate version or wait until New Game Plus uh maybe wait <laughs> yeah but hey have fun doing it uh i did realize that towards the end when i was doing the cleanup that while there was some stuff that i missed i pretty much did a lot of it like going through the story which probably meant why it took so long uh <laughs> 20 29 27 hours to platinum so I probably could do it a bit faster in 25 if i really wanted to speed through it but yeah i enjoyed my time um it's fun it's an enjoyable story and talk about that next month
1: we will it won't take very long folks but yes before that though let's move out of video games and talk about television as we move into the second half of the show here and we always start television with the sports corner we start the sports corner this week uh with a little sad story about a little coach a little team named the Panthers, on a little league named the NFL. He hasn't well, had a great...
0: Well, Coach that could.
1: Yeah, he hasn't had a great season, uh, Frank Reich. Reich or Reich?
0: Frank Reich. So I said it Reich. right the first time. Okay, it okay, so right, yes.
1: Uh, yes, well, now his season is over prematurely, as the Panthers have fired him only 11 games into the current season. What, do you think this is deserved?
0: I mean, considering that we had the ongoing joke that Bryce Young, the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, had not won a game until ten weeks in, and then even then, lost the previous, lost the next game. Um, I'd say it's one kind of well deserved. Two, we saw this coming as he was just fired from Indianapolis and then immediately got another head coaching job. <laughs> I don't know what they were expecting. But, <laughs> like we saw. Like I guess people weren't paying attention to the Colts, unlike me. Uh, what happened in Indianapolis under him and how they plummeted to the bottom real quickly and got a top pick on to go to the Panthers and, once again, it to the bottom. Except this time, they're not going to get a top pick because they spent it getting their current quarterback, Bryce Young, and sent traded it to the Bears. So now the Bears have a top pick next year. Uh, But yeah, 11 games into the season, this is technically the second fastest firing into a season. Um, (laughs) That honor goes to nine games into the season of uh, Mr. Fisher. Mm. Not that Bobby
1: Fisher. Yeah, no, 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 no. Different different Fisher altogether. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's sad, but... um... Maybe he'll find another team to get fired from.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe he'll go to the college route. Maybe he'll be an offensive coordinator again somewhere because <laughs> uh, that's what he was beforehand. But hey, uh-huh. maybe head coaching job is not for you yeah. at this point.
1: Might just not be very good at it.
0: Turns out, but we'll see. What else in uh, anything
1: else happening in the NFL that's of note?
0: Um. Yes. As was mentioning of the Bears, the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, even though they're saying had a game-winning drive last night during Monday Night Football, I do not count it as a game-winning drive because he did not score a touchdown that entire game. <laughs> it was only a field goal at the end. They kicked four field goals to win the game. He sucks. He needs to be out, and he will be out the following season. All right. But I'm also not a Bears fan, so keep having them around. <laughs> I like how much you guys suck. <laughs>
1: Fair
0: enough. All right. All right, then moving on to the uh, NBA. Oh, real quick, other in the NFL, um, we're still in, we're going to be in a biopocalypse for fantasy football. <laughs> fantasy football tra- playoffs are coming up soon. And we are currently on track to see the sack record. Any single season be broken. Well. Also, the receiving record by Terry Hill is on record of being on pace of being broken. So keep an eye on those as we get into December towards the end of the year. Two big long-standing records uh, in jeopardy of having a new leader.
1: All right. Keep your eyes peeled on that. Also keep your eyes peeled to see those crazy floors as the NBA in-season tournament wraps up. We have the Pacers and the Lakers, both four and O, have clinched their in-season tournament divisions.
0: Yep, the they will continue for the next two weeks, and I believe the finals is December tenth, uh, in twelve days. So, uh, that's in two weeks. We won't have a championship round next week, but we'll have it the following week when we record.
1: Got it. And then you don't have this little tidbit here, but I saw this on uh, Twitter last night that as of
0: LeBron. Yes, yes, LeBron
1: now has the most minutes played in NBA history. Is that correct?
0: Uh, Yes, this was in the same game that he broke his streak of having oh. at least one rebound in a game. Wow. Ever since he started, he's had at least one rebound. He except this rebound. past game. So that streak is officially broken. Uh, then again, I don't know if that was ever counted as a streak. It was a really <laughs> fun stat.
1: Yeah, it's more like a fun fact.
0: Yeah, but... Along with that, you could say, "Hey, it took him until um, playing the longest, his longest tenured, no, not the longest tenured, the most minutes on yeah. a court, right, to finally not have a rebound." <laughs> there you go. Which is a weird stat when you put it that way, but yeah. also technically accurate. <laughs> technically accurate. Meanwhile, but yeah, congratulations the- once again, you. LeBron, you pass yes. Kareem uh, for yet another record. Yes. How many more ghosts do you need to kill? <laughs> or do you need to, to, to capture?
1: Before he wraps it up. I don't know. Yeah. What if that... Ooh, that's a good plot for, for, for a movie. What if super superstar basketball player is literally being haunted by the spirit of the most famous hall of fame players in his game and their and the only way he vanquishes them is by being the best in every category and it ruins him
0: or he, or just a superstar basketball player has a um christmas carol like yeah. dream before the uh christmas day game that he's going to play in and thus like break the records of these famous people
1: this is this is good. This is good. We're on here. You can call it uh,
0: a Courtmas Carol.
1: <laughs> no, we will come up with a different name. But solid idea. I am glad no one listens to this podcast. No one take this idea. No one take this. We're gonna write it this down. This is ours. An We're gonna put in an envelope. We're gonna send it to ourselves. We're gonna take.
0: <laughs> We're gonna take our own credit. <laughs> anyway,
1: put that in your pocket. Keep that for later. Let's move on. Um, College football uh, continues. The NCAA title games uh, include the Pac-12 number, uh, the six seed Oregon versus the fourth seed Washington. The Big Twelve has the twenty seed Oklahoma State versus the seventh seed Texas.
0: These are 10... ranked, not seeds.
1: Well, you have to tell me these things.
0: Well, I, I was wondering why you're saying seeds, and then it hit me. <laughs> you had said twentieth seed. I was like, no, that's not right. Ranked? <laughs> Yes, the AP ranks.
1: Why the 20th rank? Because they do
0: the top 25. That's why.
1: Uh, okay. All right. But yes, nope. because
0: they split into two divisions, uh, like a North and a South division, that's why Oklahoma State, Got ranked 20th, ranked is going up 20th. against Texas, who is currently ranked 7th.
1: Ranked. Ranked. Got it. Yes. You need to put words here. Sorry. And then the pick 10, the number three ranked Michigan versus the 17th ranked Iowa. Yes. And the SEC, the number one ranked Georgia versus the number eight ranked Alabama. And the ACC, the number 10 ranked Louisville versus the number five ranked Florida State.
0: Now, you'll notice it in this Google Doc that we have, I've got some little notations going on here. Because, yes. as you pointed out, the number one team in Georgia, the number two team, uh, wait, not number two team, uh, number three team in Michigan, Number 14 in Washington and number five in Florida State mm-hmm. are all currently. Um, wait, who's number two? Oh, sorry. Ugh, <laughs> they have this messed up here. Sorry. Number two is Michigan. <laughs> I was looking at the previous six. Number three is Washington okay. and number four is Florida State. There that's well, we that's that. more accurate. Okay. So with number one, C, number one, ranked Georgia.
1: Two ranked <laughs> you did Michigan, it too.
0: You did it too. I'm not alone. Yes, I said C. I know. So, with the top four ranked teams playing this upcoming weekend, all four of them are currently undefeated, currently standing at 12-0. and 0. If they all win their games, all four of them will be going to the college football playoffs. Just unquestioned, unabashed. You four are currently the top teams. You're going in. Done. Meaning... They have the most to lose should they lose this upcoming game.
1: Seems like it, yeah. I would hate to, le- oh, to lose to a 20th-ranked team.
0: Oh, no, see, uh, yeah, that's Texas versus Oklahoma. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. It's bad.
0: Yeah, but should one of these teams fall, that leaves the door open for either Oregon, Alabama, uh, Texas, or the Ohio State <laughs> to potentially get into the college football playoffs as they all have one loss. Um, it also depends on how close those these games are. And if they get blown out, then they're clearly not going to get into the, the playoffs. But currently, those are gonna be your four teams. Should they win? <laughs> and that's a big should. Um But, yeah, that's Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, and Pac-12. Sorry, the fledgling last Pac-12 championship game uh, between Oregon and Washington. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's not noted here, but this past week was the last regular season game of the Pac-12 as it currently stands. Uh, RIP. Congratulations. You ruined it. Oh, no. But yeah, the um, mess
1: will start next year. We have this brief period where the before the mess where we can still enjoy it,
0: yes. Uh, before Cal is considered part of the ACC,
1: (laughs) yes, we'll figure it Uh, out. uh, Anyways,
0: anyways, last bit of note here in the NCAA games that, uh, the Big 12 game, even though Texas is not, thinks that Texas has to win and then by a big margin and then. Someone has to fall of those four teams in order for them to be get the, the nod.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but basically, they have to one establish dominance and two <laughs> maybe uh establish the quarterback of the future that is Arch Manning to come in and take oh, over the reins. Oh no, he's there, he's yes. finally
1: coming. The prodigal son has returned.
0: <laughs> he played for one series this past weekend only because they were up 50 to seven and they said, Okay. Redshirt freshman, Arch Manning. Go in. You have one series. We'll see what you can do. Hey, 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 quick question. Uh... (laughs) Go ahead. Quick answer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The person that is trying to vie for his spot, is that his
0: arch rival? It's funny you say that because... Technically, his arch rival is Mr. (laughs) NIL himself that we talked about two years ago, Quentin Ewers. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. When he forewent his senior year to go to the Ohio State a year early to cash in on his NIL deal. (laughs) And then he left the Ohio State and went to Texas so yes so yes we are talking about his replace his rival his arch rival
1: <laughs> yes all right well i look forward to hear more about arch manning in the coming coming and night. i look
0: forward to eventually having him on my fantasy team
1: well good luck with that <laughs> let's move on any, uh, any other sports uh news before we move on from sports
0: uh hockey continues to hockey it does uh, nothing of interesting happened. Oh, one thing of interesting happened this week. Uh, sorry, today <laughs> oh, I saw one this
1: thing week. of interesting.
0: Yes, because uh, I saw it literally like uh, an hour ago. Uh, for, former Blackhawk and former retired Blackhawk, Patrick Kane, who went under went like uh, surgery and like basically called it quits last year, is back. He signed a one year deal, not with the Blackhawks, but said with the Detroit uh, Red Wings, and mm. people are up in arms going, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Kane is now the ninth time All Star Patrick Kane is now a Detroit Red Wing. All right. So that's the big hockey news. That is <laughs> hockey news. Any yeah. other,
1: anything else?
0: Uh, anything else? In sports? Oh, technically not a sport, but <laughs> this past weekend, um, we had the Thanksgiving Day Dog Show. Yes, not a sport. No, uh, but the, um, okay, who won?
1: It was uh, Stash. Yes. So, um, I believe, what kind of dog, what breed of dog is Stash?
0: uh no not the not the French bulldog Winston that was last year that was last year yes <laughs> uh yeah stash I, oh, know, I we search for this dog this damn dog <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay yeah
0: because stash was a why are these these all videos i don't want a video (laughs) give me a a seal ham terrier
1: there we go but yes yeah winner of this
0: year's best in show at the national dog show
1: yes i also watched this and congratulations to stash he looked like a cotton ball on the bottom and that's very endearing
0: yes also funny that uh, his name was stash and he had just the longest mutton chops. Yeah,
1: it's pretty good. It's yes. pretty good.
0: Although uh, my favorite and the bug I was looking for was the um, domination.
1: Yeah, because it was yeah. called pumpkin. Yeah, pumpkin was good.
0: Pumpkin was good.
1: That was a good one. All right, enough about that. Let's move on because we need to move on to some television news. Yes, we
0: had a big delay there for the dogs. A little least, old, uh, <laughs> dog stop.
1: Dog do- Yeah, dog stop. Dog um, delay. But now we have some dog along. To- <laughs> We have some TV bits to talk about. Starting with Mark Cuban is leaving Shark Tank after 16
0: seasons. Uh, sorry, no, that's after the upcoming 16th season.
1: Has he not been on there since the beginning?
0: Technically, no. Uh, oh. he was not. Um, uh, he oh. joined in about season three. So he's been in there since for 13 seasons, I think. Uh, but Mark Cuban, um, big investor. Big Shark Tank guy. Yeah. Most people want to work with him. Yeah, uh, so, still surprising. the current owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess so, he just wants to do one fewer thing in his schedule, which uh, I get. I get it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, most people do tune in for Mark Cuban, so we'll see if uh some of these ratings start plummeting from it. But yeah. hey,
1: we'll see. Speaking of taking some time off, but this time for a different reason altogether. Stephen Colbert is taking a week off of the late uh, of a late night uh, because he has suffered a ruptured appendix. Uh, so yes, uh, guests will be in his spot, spot until uh, he recovers.
0: Yes, um, this also does follow the past week that they had to do late night from home because of a yes. COVID outbreak. Right outbreak. So yeah, yeah. Um, even That's in his time. old age, Stephen Colbert gets a ruptured appendix. Yeah, I know about that this year. You know now, all so thank about for that.
1: Yes, you know all about what he's going through right now. So uh, yes, uh, hope Stephen makes a, a fine recovery from that. As you mentioned, Thanksgiving just happened, but before the dog show, there was the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which we of course also watched, and so did. 28.5 million other viewers as it turns out that this year's parade was the largest ever recorded audience for the parade. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked by this considering that but, like it's been on as long as it has and fewer people uh, obsessively are watching television than ever so how did they manage to pull this off?
0: Uh I honestly don't know I tried to find like something <laughs> that said like hey why did everyone yeah. decide to tune in this year? What and was the
1: previous record? I really won. I wonder now.
0: I don't know. Um, I mean the current record is uh for all like sports, but still uh 20.5 I million viewers. Record
1: for the Macy's parade is what I'm specifically was yeah. referring to. Because 28 is not big compared to if you look up like the biggest finale like the MASH finale in the 70s. Like there are bigger or the 80s, there are bigger numbers in general, but for the Maisie's parade it's interesting that 28 is somehow a record for it
0: uh yeah i mean most of it's dominated by the 20 the 18 to 49 age group you know that core yeah. demographic yeah. uh technically it's up 6% from last year so it's actually like 3 million there wow. All right. uh yeah, been televised since 1932 minute televised parade since 1953 the parade's been going on since 1924
1: that's a long ass time Mm -hmm. that thing's been on forever but yeah it's especially strange because i felt like this parade this year was actually kind of forgettable (laughs) i don't remember
0: much of what happened what you don't remember the uh the palestine protester did you remember that that was pretty cool to see
1: uh but i don't remember most of anything else um I remember that uh, One Piece guy's hat didn't look like it inflated correctly.
0: Yeah, uh, every time they rounded the corner, it seemed like the front part of all the balloons yeah. on the left side we're all got like deflated, deflated somehow. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Also, balloons were really low to the ground this year. Yeah. So I don't know if that was like a weather. High
0: wind, probably. Scene.
1: Yeah, maybe. Don't
0: anyway. don't want to run, run away snoopy.
1: But yeah, the story really was that, uh, yeah, more people than ever watched it, which, uh, yeah, pretty well But let's move on to our third story here uh, for the bits. Uh, This is a little bit of a follow-up from last week when we talked about Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, uh, now on Netflix. Well, in some interviews, uh, creators Brian Lee O'Malley and Ben David Grabinski stated that they're not currently planning a sequel or a second season to the show. They intended it as a one-and-done kind of thing. But of course, they can't make any like, you know, predictions about what might happen. Anything can happen, but they are getting it established as of now. There is no plans for a season two.
0: They're getting out of the way saying that they used all the concepts they wanted to do yeah. into this one season. They yes. currently don't have anything working on, anything else that they want to kind of mull over, or bring in for a second or third season. Mm-hmm. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, it's also um said that it would take about 20 different miracles for them to even make a follow up to this so i believe that's what we got and i'm okay with that
1: yeah i believe it and uh there there are a couple things about that one i think it's fine i think it works standalone despite the uh little silly tease at the end of the credits um i think that makes sense for this to be its own little story I just hope for the love of God that they do a physical release at some point because Mm -hmm. I know it's Netflix and they don't tend to do that for all of their stuff but this seems to be an exception to me. This feels like it should be an exception. If there's a physical version of this, I think that's fine because I worry that sometime down the line they will not have this available for us and I want to have at least the ability to own it. Um, So yeah, but otherwise, this decision makes sense. It is its own story and it did what it meant to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, follow-up from last week we talked about our if you want to hear our thoughts on Scott Pilgrim takes off. Yes. Take a listen to last week's episode. Or, or take a to listen to like four now, episodes of the future. Where
1: we'll be there again. For now, that'll do it for TV. Spoilers
0: bits. or yes, foreshadow, but yes.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. But uh we will do have one story, one more story in TV news, and it's all about some Squid Games.
0: Yeah, specifically, that's a good, that's a good chiron. <laughs> yeah,
1: specifically, Squid Game: Colon The Challenge, the new game show based on the Squid game, game, Squid Game, Squid uh, Game concept that's on Netflix. Well, three contestants are super happy with their experience on Squid Game: Colon The Challenge, and are threatening legal action against Netflix and producers after claiming they were injured during the filming of the game show. The contestants' allegations concern their experience shooting the show's opening game, Red Light, Green Light. A British personal injuries law firm is representing two unnamed players who say they suffered hypothermia and nerve damage while shooting in cold conditions in the UK. The game was filled at Cardington Studios, a former Royal Air Force base in Bedford, during a cold snap in Britain. And Netflix confirmed at the time that three of the 456 players required medical attention. Quote, Contestants thought they were taking part in something fun, and those injured did not expect to suffer as they did. Now they have been left with injuries after spending time being stuck in painful stress positions in cold temperatures. End quote. Yeah, I'd say that they probably have a case here. Mm, do they? Well, None of this says, none of the concept of this show says to me, you will suffer hypothermia. Yes, you might be in compromising positions. You might be doing strenuous activity. But none of that to me says, Oh yeah, by the way, it's gonna be freezing cold in there.
0: Well, no, I'm stuck with the first sense of because I just thought they were taking part in something fun. Uh, <laughs> did they oh, watch Sweden Games? This
1: is- are you saying this is user error? Then like yes, this like, is user error. Why? Why? How, did you how think do you get that? injured
0: playing Red Light Green Light? <laughs> like the concept is, you move, red, green light, red light, you stop. How you stop is up to you. That feels like user error.
1: I. I I don't know. I still feel like they have a case. I mean, there are certain things you expect. And there are certain things you don't expect. I think that their specific injuries fall under non not expected. I think that that was not something that they signed up for. At least they, they fall
0: under non contact injuries, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't tell you what that actually means for the case.
0: But right, but I do also expect them to bring in the other. 453 players <laughs> and say sorry, 52 players, because one of them's gonna win and be like, I had a great time. So the other four hundred and fifty-two <laughs> players and be like, How was your experience playing red light, green light?
1: Well,
0: seeing yeah, as they no. probably didn't go further than this.
1: I would imagine. I don't know. We'll see. Uh We'll see how the case goes, if they if they seem to agree or disagree or what. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: I mean, the fact that we knew about this previously, a year in advance, because Netflix came out and originally said that, yes, three people were injured,
1: mm-hmm. or
0: three people needed medical attention, meaning hypothermia, it was cold, Ooh. they got the attention needed, What have you. So Netflix knew about this. Just here we are now, now that the actual episode is out, or episodes, that now a lawsuit is being brought forward.
1: I'm just saying, contrary to what we were told in the 90s, illegitimate lawsuits, frivolous lawsuits are rarer than you think. And I think that they still have, they still have, potentially have a case here. But we'll see what happens.
0: We'll see. Uh, okay. But anyways, but let's talk about the other here. Yes. 200, 453 people.
1: Yeah, the real user error was that you watched Squid Game colon, The Challenge on Netflix. Uh, tell me how if you were put in a compromised position.
0: Uh, well, see, that's the thing. With Squid Game... The initial setup is that these are people in compromised positions financially, right? So they have to participate within Squid Games in order to basically make money, get the money, erase their debt, like pull themselves out of whatever financial stress they have. Yeah. They try and do the same thing here and say, like, "Yes, I'm coming to the Squid Games because I want, like, I want to win. Like, I watch the show. I think I can do good." I have these like student debts medical debts uh housing debt what have you that I feel like can that winning this money can change my life which when you put it at ten thousand dollars per person uh it comes out to like 45 4.5 million dollars on the line uh yeah 4.5 million dollars is a lot to change your life like immediately oh yeah but then also, you're kind of missing the whole point of what Squid Games is. I mean, yes. Uh, I mean, yes. We knew this when we talked about like this even being floated as a concept.
1: It's a bad idea. Yes. Let's get that. Let's uh, make that clear here. It's a bad idea. They should not have done this. Well,
0: yes, it's a bad idea. But also, just the games that they have them do is they try and like make it as faithful to the show as possible, while also not putting in anyone in any type of excessive strenuous activity where physical harm is encouraged, let's say. Um, Much like with Red Light, Green Light, you don't have to touch anyone else. You just have to move forward, stop, move forward. Um, The second game being the um, candy game. it's all like internal, uh, like you, you and the cookie trying to get it out. And then what would have been the third game of tug of war got changed because you can't have physical altercations with the contestants. So it got changed instead to battleship, which I thought was a good twist because people are coming when they started people lining up like, Oh, I want all the strongest people like get over here. We know what this is. And then it turned out to be Battleship. And it was like, oh, no, what are we doing? <laughs> so that was a nice twist. Um, trying to get a one-up on the players who think they know what's coming. Sure, uh, But otherwise, just the commentary that they make between the games of, wow, like, that person lost. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. Like, yes, you knew that was going to happen. You knew, You know you're not supposed to make friends here. That's the whole point of it, that eventually someone's going to stab you in the back. And yes, at any point players can get eliminated for anything. It's all a game. It's all continuously a game. And yet here they are, just be like, wow, I didn't expect that. Like, you know what you signed up for. It's the (laughs) one thing you expect. People, like, yes, they're not dying in front of you, but at the same time, they're getting eliminated. You can't, like, what's the point of forming these bonds if you know 455 of them are going to lose and you may be in one of those 455 you have a better odds of being in the 455 losers than you do in being the one winner (laughs) that's how math works turns out so just the concept is chaos I mean it's I don't know what people expect when they signed up for this, like, oh, I mean, like the quote says, like, oh, I thought we were going to take part in something fun. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect to get so emotionally involved with everyone. <laughs> it was like, would you even watch and understand
1: the concept of the Squid Games? Honestly, I think that that's maybe part of the requirement for any reality show. I've noticed this watching more reality shows. It seems like half the contestants to all these things don't actually know what they're getting into. Like, have you? Did you watch the show before you joined on?
0: No, you didn't. Why? It's right there. Years of reference material. I I like when they bring on, um, especially in Survivor. Like those one or two contestants be like, "I've I've never never watched this show. My kids watch it. My kids love it." They wanted me to sign up. They're the ones who pushed me to sign up. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Baffling. Baffling. And then you have the like sense. up against like the super fan who's like, "I've watched every season. I know every tactic. I'm gonna find that idol and I'm gonna make alliances."
1: Yeah, I get it.
0: Anyway. Yeah. So
1: overall, though, does it at least try to like uh, seem necessary, or does this just seem like this shouldn't have happened?
0: I mean, I feel like it shouldn't have happened, especially with 456 different players, <laughs> and half of them immediately get eliminated after red light, green light, because you can't have that many people and focus on that many storylines. Right so it feels like catch. these first yeah. couple episodes, you have just a lot of people being eliminated because you need to pare it down to a handful of players that you actually care about to try and see who's going to win. Right. Unlike, say, the other um, South Korean game that I talked about earlier, The mm-hmm. Devil's Plan, which was... A handful of players that you were immediately invested in, or even physical one hundred, where they did the same thing of immediately eliminated a bunch of players. But at least you get to see some like extraneous physical combat between them. Combat, combat. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know what what they are what they expected. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's, it's just by one thing I like, watching is like whatever they cut away from the games, they just always talk about, like, I can't believe this is happening. I don't know what to do. Like, th- like the game is real. It's like, of course it's real! What did you expect? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, anyway. Anyways. Let's move on. Uh, you watched something else, though, that's completely different.
0: Uh, Yeah. I also watched, and I mentioned this, so now I'm going to come around and talk yes. about it in general uh the brie larson hiding away on apple tv plus uh in the show lessons in chemistry based off the book of the same name mm-hmm. and i really liked this um in fact i liked it so much it made me want to go back and watch 2015's or 2016's room where we uh, Larson yeah. won her, her academy award from right. like yeah I like Reed Larson in this. She's definitely a good actor. And I was pretty like, you know, yeah, she's pretty good in this. And I was like, yeah, let me go back and watch like the thing that like actually won her the statue. I was like, oh yeah, she is good in this. Because, <laughs> you know, it's been what? Oh God, that was six years ago, seven years ago now. Something like that. So yeah, it's, uh, but not about room, talk about lessons in chemistry. Um Kind of the same thing that you were mentioning about our pre-podcast about uh, watching Julia, mm-hmm. uh, the Julia Child, where yeah. it's about someone uh, about a female icon uh, on TV in the 50s who cooks and basically speaks and has a good relationship with her um, audience, but is being overrun and overthrought by um, producers. Male, dominant, chauvinistic producers. but here's the kicker and what makes it interesting is that she's not a traditional um, cook. Mm. She just does it because it helps calm her because cooking is a science and she is a chemist thus lessons in chemistry. chemistry. Yes. (laughs) Yes, the title, Lessons in Chemistry. Uh, Both her being a chemist but also chemistry in the kitchen but also chemistry and reactions amongst the people in her life and her friends and people in uh, throughout her life and the connections that the connections and reactions that happen at times because if there's book, very circumstantial i will add that oh this person just happens to have had a a previous relationship with this other person who now has a current relationship with this other person and they're all tied in together. Mm -hmm. So at times it does get into very much that, well, this seems a bit too convenient, don't you think? But then at other times, especially at the very end when you get through uh, the eighth episode, really short, only eight episodes, um, that, oh, what I thought was going to be, it turns out to be a twist at the end. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't see it coming. But also, like it does make sense as to like why everything was built upon, built upon, built upon. Um, it's a good show. Probably a good book. I didn't read the book. Um, <laughs> it's just sitting next to me when I saw it. But uh, yeah, it's a fun show. It's a quick show. I don't think there going to be a season two in this especially with the way they ended just seemed very finality of we're just gonna do the book this yeah. isn't gonna be like um all was it uh, million little fires
1: oh yeah, uh, yeah. on
0: Hulu that's sound like four seasons past the book <laughs> right uh, it feels like this is just gonna be about the book they wrapped it up um the little girl in this the daughter who plays mad excellent in this thing. I expect more from her going forward. Um I expect her to be more of like the go-to kid of give me that kid give me that girl and to like make that jump to um movies kind of like the Dakota fanning of her generation. I could see that happening. Real good um real good acting like all the story beats here like all the sets design takes place in like the late 50s so you do have Mm -hmm. There is that running line of like the racial integration and that the freeway projects. I wish that had a better storyline, but it also feels like at times it's shoehorned in. But by the time you get to like the seventh or eighth episode, it feels like, oh, that's how it's all connected. And that's more or less how I feel about this, uh, the series is that the first three episodes is I feel like all set up, set up, set up. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to start making connections as we go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's how all these people are connected. So yeah, okay. uh, connections and reactions in lessons in chemistry.
1: I mean, that makes sense because that's what chemistry is. A series yes. of connections and reactions.
0: So an apt name for a book and series. That makes sense. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know. Um, if I can carve up out... the thing about TV shows is that you have to carve out often 8 to 10 hours. And I just don't know if I'll have that before we do our our wrap-up. So uh, we'll see if I can manage it. But uh, yeah, It's about
0: 3 hours, 40 minute episodes, 8 okay. episodes.
1: All right. yeah. Well, maybe. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. All right. Let's move on then into some cancellations and renewals. Widely. What am I
0: no longer watching?
1: You're no longer watching with love, comma. Uh, cancelled after two seasons on Prime Video. Also cancelled on Prime Video, The Horror of Dolores Roach after just one season. Also on Prime Video, a three-peat for you this week, Harlan Coben's Shelter. Cancelled after one season. Then TBS also, not to be outdone, Miracle Workers cancelled after four seasons.
0: Which I believe was their final live uh, show that they originally produced?
1: Yes, I believe so. That was the last of the Love cuts.
0: Uh, I mean, technically the last one's going to be whenever um, American Dad gets cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
1: eventually going to happen, right? Uh, uh, but then...
0: outside of that, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this is the last uh, live action original scripted series. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, we have one death to talk about real briefly here. Joss Ackland, age 95. Actor was in White Mischief, Lethal Weapon 2, and The Mighty Ducks, among others.
0: Uh, if that name doesn't sound familiar, you will definitely recognize him, especially our generation, from The Mighty Ducks, as he was Hans, the uh, mm. the uh, shop owner and okay. maker of the D2 jerseys in Mighty Ducks 2.
1: Got it. Well, there you go. Age 95. All right, let's move on into the last section here, movies, where we always start with the movies, uh, with the movies, with the weekend box office numbers, and we have some five day numbers for you, thanks to the Thanksgiving weekend.
0: So, Do you even know- though these numbers might sound normal,
1: yeah, they are not. they're
0: not. They are the inflated five day Thanksgiving Day weekend totals. So
1: benefiting from that extra time, at number one is The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, with $42 million this week. That's at a $98 million domestic total so far.
0: That will cross the hundred mark.
1: Yes, guaranteed. Number two, Napoleon, with another with a $32 million debut this week. Number three, Wish, with a disappointing $31 million debut. Disney needed that to be better, but like I said, the word of mouth isn't happening. Mm-hmm. Positive buzz is not happening yet. Number four, Trolls Band Together, another disappointing week with only $25 million. That's at 64 total. And round out your top five, Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving for $10 million this week with a $24 million total. The other debut this week, The Holdovers, way down at number seven with $3.7 million. So, not a great week for movies, but not a great year for box office, And, and when you think about it.
0: Uh, no, just a quick note that the, especially the uh, movie theaters, are hoping for a big December, Christmas kind yes. of showings. Yes, But that is mainly going to be bolstered by two Warner Brothers films, Wonka yeah. and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom.
1: Yeah, and Warner Brothers also had the one big win of the year, Barbie. Uh, so they're already doing okay (laughs) but disney disney this year is just a shell of its former self we joked on this show how several years in a row disney movies were in the top like what four out of the top five films of the year for a while there Mm -hmm. they had a crazy streak that streak is over
0: yep this year ended that streak it did. Uh, Brutally. I, mean, I guess you could say both the writer's strike, actor strike, and COVID yeah. combination killed that streak.
1: So yeah, Disney really needs to rethink. But before that, we do have new releases this week. Two new releases coming out on first on Friday. First of all, the one that everyone will see, Renaissance colon, a film by Beyonce continuing what I'm dub- dubbing the year of the concert film. Um, so yeah, if you want to see Beyonce's Renaissance tour in and you didn't get $1,000 tickets, hey, here's the opportunity. And then, also this week, Silent Night, which of course, a Christmas-themed horror movie. So, uh, yep, with good.
0: an apt Christmas-themed title.
1: Yes, makes sense. Silent Night. Very funny. Let's jump in to some movie news, and of course, this time of year means award, show, award season begins here! That should be an exclamation point, not a question mark, because it's more like we know it begins here because the Gotham yeah. Awards. Also,
0: that should be their, their tagline, Gotham yeah. Awards. Award season begins season here. It begins
1: here. Because, yes, the Gotham Awards happened past lives, was your big winner on Monday evening, taking home the top prize for best feature. Meanwhile, acting honors were won by Charles Melton for his supporting performance in Todd Haynes's May-December, starting what some people on Twitter uh, noted the Riverdale to Academy Awards pipeline. <laughs> we're very excited here in this household we're very excited uh for for charles melson and his uh, award chances then also uh, lily gladstone for her lead performance in the unknown country
0: meanwhile and not for her performance in colors <laughs> of a flower booth
1: right <laughs> crucially um also anatomy of a fall was able to win best international feature and best screenplay netflix's beef Walked away with awards for breakthrough television and outstanding performance in a new series for Ali Wong. AV Rockwell won Breakthrough Director for a thousand and one. And a small light won breakthrough TV over 40 minutes for Nat Geo. Hey, I'm
0: hey. happy for that one.
1: Yeah, you got you you liked that. Yeah. So uh, the first seeds of award season. We'll see whether or not this repeats going forward uh, as the, the the season goes on. We'll track those favorites and see what their chances are. In the Oscar discussion.
0: Yep. But right now, if you're looking for early talks, Past Lives is the current um, go-to, basically standard that everyone's going to be going up against now.
1: So um, when are Oscar noms? They happen sometime this month, right?
0: They happen, I want to say, on the 12th. We talked about this last week, I think. Okay, 12th.
1: All right, look forward to those. Yep. One movie that's already been in the Oscar discussion um, ahead of, ahead of the, uh, the nominations here is Killers of the Flower Moon. In fact, you just mentioned it yourself. Um, it's in the news, though, this week for other reasons uh, altogether unrelated to the film itself, but related to oh. Robert De Niro
0: right the oscar nom ballots were sent out because of late because of the actors and the writer's strike um the nominations will be on january 23rd
1: january 23rd so not this month and next month got it all right well anyways back to robert de niro so in a speech uh that he read during monday's gotham awards he discovered that the speech he planned to give had been altered Apple, the film's producer, was responding to feedback from the filmmaking team that wanted the actor's remarks to be centered on the movie and not to include comments about the current political climate, that's according to a source. De Niro, who was on hand to present Pillars of the Flower Moon with the Gotham historical icon and creator tribute, criticized the award show and Apple, quote, I don't feel like thanking them at all for what they did, he said. How dare they do that, actually? A revised version of the speech was delivered to the teleprompter less than 10 minutes before the event started with the new text, which omitted explicit references to Donald Trump. It instead had De Niro reference how, quote, watching the news today, unquote, makes it clear that, quote, we actually are living in a post-truth society, end quote. De Niro did get a chance to level his criticism, reading his remarks from his phone, quote, lying has become just another tool in the charlatan's arsenal, De Niro said. The former president lied to us more than 30,000 times during his four years in office. And he's keeping up the pace in his current campaign of retribution. But with all his lies, he can't hide his soul. He attacks the weak, destroys the gifts of nature, and shows disrespect, for example, by using Pocahontas as a slur. And I'm sure it goes on from there. But uh, yeah, the important part to know is the Gotham Awards. unfortunately, um, did not tell or Apple, the producers of the film, did not tell De Niro that his speech was being altered. I think that that's pretty messed up, and it worries me going into the rest of these awards. um, This is kind of a topic that we brought up with the video game awards a couple weeks ago, but yeah, same thing goes here. Like, this is going to be an opportunity for a lot of people to have a, a moment to mention their feelings about major political things, whether it be Donald Trump, whether it be what's happening in Gaza, whatever it be, whatever. And I would like us to be living in a world where these people are allowed to say these things. Um, the worry, of course, is if this happens again and throughout the entirety, say, of a Oscars broadcast, that could be really disappointing.
0: Which this then becomes well, actually not. There's just this whole, like, rewriting of the speeches and putting it to the helicopter in general becomes very worrisome as people are our presenters are told beforehand what it is they're going to say they usually work with the writers to say hey this is especially with rob de niro who worked on killers of flower moon mm-hmm. is going to be presenting killers of flower moon saying right. this is what i'm going to say about this film right this is what i'm going to say as it gets accepted for the historical icon and creator tribute <laughs> only for it to be immediately removed and him not being told yeah. I mean he literally pulled out his phone and read his own copy of what he was originally <laughs> going to say.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh but yeah. It just, just messed up. One, it's messed up. too. it's messed up that I did for this film in particular because right. the film itself is about silencing Native Americans. Right. Not to say that Darby is a Native American, but just say that the whole concept of the film yeah. is about silencing a certain voice speech is important and the ability to
1: speak out when there's oppression or when there are a cavalcade of lies or if there is a mistreatment of an office, like all these things are important to talk about and this is an opportunity for people to talk about them and get everybody talking about it because of it. Even though these people, you know, have certain amounts of power, they don't have that much power, obviously there's a lot they can't change, but what they can do is get a conversation started. And that's where change happens. But you can't start a conversation if you're literally being stifled and quieted. So, yeah. I'm hoping this doesn't become a trend. I'm hoping this conversation that's happening about Robert De Niro's speech gets this to not happen in the future award shows that we're looking forward to.
0: We'll see. I understand where the apple's coming from because the that section of talking about the former president, <laughs> has nothing to do with the film yeah. itself that he's presenting. Or but does it? the or concept it? of it, Yeah. the concept of political figures lying to people yeah. is indeed what the film is about. That's one of the core themes of Killers of the Flower Moon.
1: Right. So anyways, we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed that these guys don't make that mistake again. All right. Last thing before we move out of TV news, one little TV tidbit, little nugget, or sorry, not TV, movies, movie tidbit for y'all. If you happen to have missed the Eras Tour, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour film in theaters, don't worry, you'll get another chance to catch it at home for rent. Yes, Taylor has (laughs) confirmed that on the 13th of December, aka her 34th birthday, uh, the Eras Tour film will be available on so uh services such as YouTube, Amazon, uh where you can rent films, Google so can Apple, where
0: you're able, yeah,
1: and you'll be able to rent, not buy, rent a ver- new version, a new expanded version of the Eras Tour film. It includes three songs not included in the theatrical release, including "The Archer" and "Wildest Dreams." I'm forgetting the third one at the moment.
0: And but, why um, she is not calling this. Uh, the Heiress Tour Taylor's version
1: is beyond <laughs> me. She's keeping that for the one you can buy.
0: <laughs> With the extended extended, yeah, extended version. Extended, yeah. extended. This, this is the Eras Tour uh, the concert film extended yeah. version not yes. Taylor's version like it should be. So
1: It's a stopgap measure when it doesn't answer the two other burning questions which is is this coming to streaming ever? And to when can I buy it on disc? And for now... Those questions will remain unanswered probably for the rest of the calendar year. We'll find out in 2024.
0: I mean, we all know that she's doing this because she needs more money, right? <laughs> yeah, she needs so much. She's she, did, more. she didn't make enough she of the can't. 170 no. whatever million dollars uh, at the box yeah. office that it did.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. Did you watch any movies this week? I've been watching Christmas movies. That does not count. Technically, it does. I watched Jingle <laughs> Jangle. For the first time. That's not a 2023 release. That's a 2020 release.
1: Yes. Also, delicious uh, food from Trader Joe's. But yes, tell me about Jingle. Also, a drug in the Riverdale universe. Jingle Jangle is so many things. But yes, Jingle Jangle the film.
0: Oh, no, I'm not here to talk about it. I'm just saying yeah, well, that good. I watched it.
1: Okay, well, anything in 2023 that you watched?
0: Uh, no.
1: So I watched a film Uh, from 2023. I'll be very brief here because I know we're... We should be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I will say is, minor rebuttal. This is something that you had talked about a couple of weeks ago. I ended up just watching, on a whim, uh, No Hard Feelings.
0: Oh, okay. I, I don't thought you were going to this... watch Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. No. Ruby Gilman, no. Teenage, Teenage Kraken. Kraken. Ruby, every time,
1: keep... I just can't keep... hear it. No, yep. I watched uh, No Hard Feelings. I think you're wrong.
0: Oh, you think it's good?
1: I think it's all right. Um, (laughs) I actually was. I went in thinking it was going to be this raunchy sex comedy. I thought it was going to be predictable, and it surprised me on both counts. I think it actually has a surprisingly uh, strong emotional heart to it. I ended up really caring for the characters. I do have to say, the weakest part is Act Three. I think it ends really weird. There's a. I mean, the ending ending is fine. I think that there's a weird patch from, like, if I was talking script-wise, from, like, page, let's say, 100 to 107. It's kind of awkward, and I feel like it gets there. And then when it finally gets over that hump, I think it ends, ends pretty well. But the first two acts, I think, are actually pretty good. I think that's a good script. Again, minus a few pages down the near the end. I thought it actually subverts a lot of things that I thought it was going a lot of those cliches that you spoke about when you were talking about it in ways that surprised me. I don't think it was super predictable. I think that it plays around with the audience's expectations of what they think the film is and doesn't give you what they what you actually think the film is, except for like a couple of exception scenes. Like yes, is there a scene where you have to watch a guy barf into a toilet? Yes, of course there is. Is there a scene where he punches somebody in the in the in the throat? Yes, those do exist in this film. But what also exists in this film are some really surprisingly tender moments, some some surprisingly deep conversations between characters that I didn't think were going to go in the directions that they did. Also, it's a script that thinks you're smarter than you would think it. Is, than you then like most films of the same kind are. It doesn't telegraph when it could. It actually... It, the dialogue is smart enough to let you fill in some gaps, I think, in a lot of places. And I was pretty shocked with the quality of the writing. I think we watched two different movies.
0: I think we did. <laughs> uh, that, or I've watched more movies than you, and the uh, <laughs> the movies that are the, the things of the tropes that I think are cliché, are new to you, because you don't watch those kind of movies on a regular basis.
1: Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, what I will say is, um, yeah, I was surprised with it. I think it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was better than I thought it was going to be. Minus, like like I said, that speed bump in Act 3. Uh, but other than that, um, yeah, I was surprised with how much I liked it.
0: Okay. So, right. Maybe I, that was the goal all along, to lower your expectations. Mm, no, they were pretty <laughs>
1: low, I will say. Uh, so... Yeah, anyway. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that. All right. It won't be on my my end of year list, though, just to assure you that, that we're not going to have to talk about it again.
0: That's okay. But that does bring us to a yes. good topic for the next 10 minutes as we wrap up here. What is is or will be the yeah. plan going forward for end of the year lists.
1: So in the past, uh, our, year in the, our end of the year lists have spanned the month of December and this year will be no different. We will be recording shortly and be uploading every week a new episode of our wrap-up series. If you're new to us, basically each wrap-up episode takes one of our categories, for example, film, and has both our top a recap of the year, our top story, that we determine of the year in that category and then our individual top five lists of our favorite things from that category so for example favorite movies of the year we'll be doing that for each category each week of december leading to a final week of december i believe that well, that will work out uh does that math work out let's see sunday yep.
0: one two sunday, three four with
1: sunday, our sunday, sunday, final sunday. always being on the 31st on the 31st new year's eve so on, and then on wrapping up on New Year's Eve, we will have a wrap-up wrap-up episode where we talk about um, the year that was and the year that will be in the future, uh, where we look forward in our crystal ball to 2024.
0: We'll talk about this more, but since that is on a Sunday, maybe we should do a live show. We could. We could do a live show.
1: We'll see. But uh, in the meantime... Get ready. Those episodes will show up in your existing podcast feed. We may or may not do YouTube versions of that. I'm not sure if we're going to do video. Uh,
0: Typically, we haven't in the past. It's just been capturing in the... But
1: see how we this get our year, most
0: views on YouTube...
1: And considering the way we're doing it remote this year, then maybe we could... Because it's probably going to be no different than what we're doing right now. So maybe YouTube too. Maybe they'll be on YouTube too. And yes, we'll have some brief write-ups as well on the Media Boat Podcast website for each of these um, as well. So look forward to all that. So we leave you this week with a peek into the future. We'll be back for a regular show, though, before all that happens, on Tuesday the 7th, uh, uh, Pearl Harbor Day for y'all or actually no nope, nope
0: nope that's tuesday the 5th that's
1: tuesday the you, fifth.
0: again you're doing what i was, I was looking did, at november that. calendar at the wrong
1: month sorry <laughs> right? tuesday the 5th we will be back with the regular episode of the show and then starting on so actually no you will hear the first episode of on the 6th the wrap-up before that on the 3rd
0: right oh, oh yeah so we're gonna launch them on sundays that's what i figured yeah because there's four that there's yeah. perfect
1: five days yeah four so then yeah five. um so yeah, we'll record and upload on Sunday. So Sunday the 3rd, it'll be the first episode, which we'll just say, I don't know, um, music?
0: Probably music, yeah. <laughs>
1: just say music. Music will be up on the 3rd, then video games on the 10th, I would imagine, then television on the 17th, movies on the 24th, and then the wrap-up wrap-up on the 31st. Yeah. So look forward to that. And then, yes, regular episode on the 5th. So look forward to that. Mark your calendars, download the podcast, watch it on YouTube, check all of that out
0: yep uh you'll be getting more news more thoughts and definitely more of us as we get into december next time so on the media podcast
1: check it out now
0: bye all right bye Thanks.